We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I feel Troy Ave is a hustler. I admire his grind. I seen Troy Ave selling CDs in 2004. So, like, I respect his grind, but he's a liar. He's a pathological liar, and I can't fathom that. When you get on radio and you say shit like, you know, I bought New York City back with what record? You didn't. You haven't had a record yet. Don't keep saying that you bought the city back and then you have no records. Like, Brooklyn don't come out to his performances. Like, we don't, they don't go nowhere. So, only people that performances is bloggers and radio. And of course, there's a question here. Is it really guilty before proof innocent? I thought this was America, people. Uh, yeah. Guilty until proven innocent, huh? That's how we working, huh? Okay. Before me, there was many. After me, there would be none. I'm the one. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman, everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, 
You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Shout out to the sponsors. Like always, we're here. We're recording super early in the morning, making sure we bring you guys the show for this week. Two busy men, Kel Dansby here with Andreas Hale. Of course, Andreas is in Cali, enjoying the weather and the beach and living it up. I'm in Vegas, somewhat freezing. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that warm out here. I mean, I'm, I'm on Venice Beach um, at the Champions offices for the week, but <clears throat> the weather is not... Um, like I, I tried to catch myself going after work, uh, taking a stroll and I was like, nah, fuck this. It's still kind of cold out here. Yeah. Now nah, it's, it's cold in Vegas right now. So, uh, Andreas escaped the little bit of cold that we have every year to go and work. Um, man. So we're starting off this podcast because yesterday I'm, I'm pulling an Andreas and watching everything possible on Netflix. And I see the Barbito and Stretch Armstrong documentary. Oh, you finally watched that? Finally watched it. And I was like, yo, this is like low-key the most inspirational shit ever. <laughs> so, um, you know, growing up in New York and all that stuff, you know, Stretch and Barbito and what they meant to the culture. But I wasn't old enough to really be in there and listen to the shows. Like, I caught some of the tapes. I know some of the freestyles because they're legendary. But just to see their chemistry, how the show developed, that they did it for eight years, damn near free. Yeah. Um, before moving to Hot 97, all the people they broke. It's crazy because that's what radio did. That's what DJs did. It was like pirate radio, and that meant so much to the culture, something we don't have now. And they pointed out. And I was like, yo, I hope 10 years from now, podcasting is looked at as that form of like pirate radio. Like if they do an LSN documentary, we better be in that shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, the game is so different now. It's just, you look at Stretch of Barbito, and it's like, their job was to put you on to stuff that you probably hadn't heard before. And nowadays that, you know, I think somebody, uh, Jonathan Stone actually talked about ECW on Twitter the other day. So I, I'm going to bridge this to combat sports. It, with ECW, how is ECW popular? Could anything be as popular as ECW was? The answer is no. It's because that um, the feeling of discovery is really gone. Like Stretching Bobito was, was great because you felt like you were finding something nobody else had. And then, and it was super exclusive. Like those freestyles were exclusive. Some of the joints they played were crazy. Um, and if you recorded that show when you lived in New York, you were like the only people with that show. So when you went to the West Coast or you went to like Florida or you went to Virginia and you presented somebody with that tape, you had like a, a treasure chest that nobody <laughs> else had. Now it's not like that. Everything's distributed on the internet. It was the same with like ECW. Like if you had access to ECW tapes, like you were God in the wrestling community because they were hard to get. And the work that it took to put in to get those and the work that it took for you to dub them and, and mail them, like everything's so easy now. Like if you want to hear a song, you just stream it. Like if you want to if you want to hear a, a new artist, you just kind of click on the SoundCloud link. We didn't, you didn't have that kind of access in the 90s. So like watching Stretch and Bobbito was like when I watch it, I, it's, that level of appreciation for discovery is gone. And I just feel like. It makes you sound like a, the old man in the room because they were like, oh, well, you know, the Internet made things a lot easier. You know, cats like Kendrick Lamar and Wale and J. Cole wouldn't be as big without the Internet. That's true. But I miss that 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 whole I got it and you don't 
Like I miss that a lot. I, I miss being on the hunt to find something that's dope. Um, I miss having ECW tapes that and inviting my friends over to watch them because nobody else had them. We just don't have it anymore. Yeah, I mean, you kind of were the last era of that at Hip Hop DX, right? Where you guys actually got like Not- exclusive stuff. I mean, as far as internet blogging wise, you know, um, website wise, you guys were the last generation of that. There was no longer, yeah. yo, give my stuff to DJs, give my stuff to these guys who write about it so they can break it. Yeah, like at DX, I mean, there was still, I mean, it was, it's just the dawning of like the internet era and the blog era, like Two Dope Boys and Nyrax and all the streaming, like the blogs that used to allow you to download music, that didn't exist yet. So at Hip Hop DX, you know, I was still getting um, advanced copies of, of albums that had the promo drops on them. So when I reviewed an album, I have it like two months early, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that, and, and I would play it and people were like, yo, what's that? And I'd be like, yo, this album's not coming out for two months. I don't have that kind of access no more. It's like, what's that? The album that's on iTunes right now. Like, there's nothing <laughs> super exclusive about that anymore. So at DX, it was special. Like, album reviews meant something. Because you dropped an album review, then people could decide whether they wanted to cop the album or not because they can't hear it. But now it's like everybody hears music at the same time. And there's, there's nothing that separates, like, the, the journalist or the radio DJ really from the average person. Like, some of us have relationships where we can get some music early, but even still, it's like, there's not too many people that was bumping Beyonce's Lemonade before everybody else was, except for maybe Beyonce and Jay-Z and maybe Solange. Like, but now everybody gets it at the same time. Yeah, it's it's definitely a new age. Um, podcasting, though, you know, is that new wave. Everyone, quote-unquote, now has a podcast, but... All podcasts aren't created equal, people. Um, so it's dope to see everyone, you know, who's doing it right have a voice and seeing how this can be the new wave of, you know, set up, let's talk. It's the biggest people in the industries can come on here and let their hair down and have a podcast and you get to know them and bring on guests and talk about the stuff, you know, you want them to talk about. So just seeing what they did early on with their radio show and knowing like the Funk Flex show, Angie Martinez, um, I mean, man, everything that was hot back back in the day in NY. Uh, just seeing the Ed Lover and um, Dr. Dre and all, all those all those radio shows that I listened to growing up, and now seeing all the podcasts blow up, it's like, yo, this can be something special. Where you look twenty years from now, it's like, yo, all the podcasts were really dope. Like that wave was really dope. Um, and saying that to say this that this year in LSN, we're starting a, a horrible trend. We are now one month in, what, what, 15 days in to the to the year, 18 days in to the 2017 calendar, and two of us have been arrested. So yeah. LSN is getting a, a bump in street cred. Uh, I'd like to say I started a wave. It's not a wave I wanted to start. Um, me, at least I was only in there for four days and got out and I'm paying my traffic tickets for everyone who's concerned. Um, the latest, our dude podcast, uh, you know, network friend, associate, um, Taxstone got arrested and in NY, they don't play gun charges stemming from him in a beef with Troy Ave. And now there's news of DNA and blah, blah, blah. I'm happy to see he received a bail. So maybe he bails out. He probably dropping a podcast soon. You never know. Um, but it's just crazy to see what happens and when podcasting goes real. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, I've, I've kind of watched the whole tax stone thing from a distance. So 
I don't know too much on the details of it all. It's just, you know, I hope it all works out. And I hope, you know, he isn't, um, he isn't, uh, wrong. I hope he's wrongfully accused. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that something that, you know, we do weekly and to me, I still have no knowledge and recognition while we're recording that people are actually listening to us. So we just talk back and forth. We put it out, and then it just so happens that people listen. Um, Tax's audience is obviously a little bigger than ours. He has a ton of regional support um, in that tri-state area and so on and so forth. So I can't imagine like him walking around and having to justify his opinions. Like All the crazy shit that you think I say on this show, if I had to rub elbows every day with the people I say crazy shit to, and not just three times a year, like the UFC people or wrestling, whatever, when we have to cover events, um, it'd be a lot more awkward. Like, he's talking wild shit about people, like, in New York. And, you know, for example, him and Joe Budden had that run-in. Um, and he ended up having to work with Joe Budden on, like, that hip-hop list. Yeah. And then you, you see, like, him and Triav, and they actually go to a show together, and they run into each other. It, it just reminds you that, like, Twitter, podcast, like, this is real. Like, what you say is real. And, you know, I'm just hoping that moving forward, one, this isn't a trend for LSN. Because, uh, you know, we don't need a 30 for 30. It'd be dope to get, like, a stretch in Bobbito, like, documentary 10 years from now, not a 30 for 30. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just sometimes it's okay to just be a podcasting dude. Like, on the real, like, you don't got to be hood no more. So, it, it's hopefully it blows over for him. But... It's time to see the lifestyle and quote unquote being, you know, really in the streets go to the wayside because it's professional on our network. Everyone else is doing something dope. There's DJs, there's, you know, Angela E and Charlemagne. Everyone's making money. So it, it's, it's sad to see someone get caught up. And uh, I know a lot of our listeners listen to Taxes podcasts and other LSM podcasts. So everyone's hitting us up like, yo, you see this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, man, I wish nothing but the best for them. And to see the internet slander was crazy. You never know who doesn't like you until you get locked up. Oh, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yo, Dre, I'm telling you, what. one day I just want to see the slander that comes your way. Because you're such a nice guy. I'm just like, yo, does pe- do people dislike Andreas? Yes, what? people. I mean, people, people troll more than they dislike me. You know what I'm saying? Like, people just like to say stuff. And then when I respond, they're just like, oh. I just wanted to get a response out of you. So it's like this mad trolls <laughs> on the internet. You know, like a lot of people call me an asshole, but man, I got a good heart. I'm I'm not a I'm not a mean guy. I don't do foul <laughs> shit to people. Like I'm I'm really straight up and down. Like I, you know, if I don't like you, I just don't fuck with you. But you know, for the most part, I have I don't just come up with reasons not to like people. But you know, people don't like my opinions, or people don't like that I bring race into the conversation, or people don't like my political um, opinions on things. Like people have reasons not to like me, but they're, they're mad corny. So it's like, if you don't like me, just find something else to do with your life. Oh, man, you catch the, that low that low underground Bomani slander. Yeah, Bomani gets, like, Bomani Ooh. Jones gets that gets that slander. And he, like, cats like Bomani and Talib Kweli, and they, they, like, put everybody on blast. I don't have that <laughs> kind of energy. Like, at a certain point, like, I don't block people. I, I know a lot of people like to use, put the block button in action. I don't block people. Because, I, I, you know, I'm getting to the point now um, with Twitter. It's like I use it and like, like I, I, I shut off my Instagram because at, at a certain point I was just like, yo, this is too time consuming. 
Like I spend too much time on like social media. So I started like, I don't use my Facebook that often. Like I go on Twitter from time to time and I'll say what I got to say and I'll disappear. So people say shit about me. Like I'll look at my mentions and be like, oh, and I'll just keep going. Cause what's the point? Like, you know, you know, if you argue on the internet, the end result is both of y'all still retarded. So it's like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like nobody's going to fight me. Or like, if you're going to see me, like, I'm not going to be that dude that drove to Temecula to fight that kid over a Kobe argument. Remember that dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me, me, and Temecula. That yo, that was hilarious though. He that had time. Was got time today. Um, nah. So on a better note, I'm not locked up. Hopefully, taxes out on these streets, and we're enjoying the week. And I'm about to have one hell of a week because we had to record this podcast early. Not only am I doing UFC tour through the new facilities and UFC 209 Ultimate Media Day this week, but I'm covering AVN. Three years in a row. So, if you don't know what AVN is, it is the Adult Entertainment Expo. Nothing but porn stars. If you guys listened to the show last year, you know I was hype to cover it last year. This year, I'm doing a little bit more like actual work at the awards and producing actual content. But it's not going to stop me from having fun. I am hype. I am geeked to go. I got like super RSVP passes to like the after-hour clubs and parties and stuff I can't even mention on the podcast because they're too damn wild. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I did it. And I, I can't even like. I think it was a certain point. Um, me and like Anthony Springer, uh, who's part of our, our little group chat, been my my boy for many many years. We used to cover the AVNs like every year. And then one day I think we went and it just wasn't the same. Like you're going, it's different. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, it's not bad. It's just different. Like when we went, you had like full nude on the floor type shit. It was like it was wild. Like it was really, <laughs> it was big for one. Like where is it this year? Is it at the Hard Rock? Yeah, it's at the Hard Rock all the time now. It's not at so, convention center anymore. Yeah, it used to be at the convention center. It'd be like mad big. It'd be like there was a lot of, a lot of porn stars. There was a lot of shit to get into. Then I went to it at the Hard Rock and I was just like, eh. You know, it's like it's it's tiny now. Like you used to go and come home with mad tapes and like DVDs and video games. I think they gave me a game called Bone Town that I still have on my shelf somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's like the the AVNs were the shit. Now I'm just I don't know. I guess I'm just over it. I'm over a lot of things though, and I, I never realized as I got older that I'd just be like over things because I did so much when I was young. Like, and I'm when I'm talking young, I'm not even talking like 20. I'm talking like 16. Like I did a lot. And then one day I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of over this shit. So um, have fun. I'm just hitting my stride, my man. 28 years old. I'm in a porn convention. You can't script this better. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is great. The after-hour parties are about to be so crazy. Um, Wait, yeah, who are you looking forward to seeing? Who, who is your, your porn dream chick? Well, you know who broke my heart. I saw her last year, though, so it wasn't that bad. Um, but Skin Diamond... I saw last year and got to interview Skin Diamond for like three minutes because she was wildly in demand. But she's quit porn now and she's like a singer. She changed her whole name. Uh, it's like Rain or something wild now. And she's just making music in New York. Uh, so nope. she's no longer a porn star for now. Um, outside of that, though, uh, I don't really have like a favorite as weird as that sounds right now. Uh there's just mad cool people. That's what I noticed. Like the porn star people after interviewing everything, they're just cool people. Like Misty Stone is super cool. Sarah J, of course, um, is mad cool. Uh, who else is there? Like Cherokee is dope. 
they're, they're just like cool people to sit down and talk to, be like, yo, what are you doing later? And like go to like whatever private party they're going to. Um, Yasmin, um, Yasmin is super cool. Yeah, they're just like fun people to sit down and talk to. I'd be like, oh, okay, dope. Um, my favorite part is actually going upstairs. Let me not tell on myself too much. My girlfriend would kill me. Uh, <laughs> but going upstairs, there's like uh, the bondage section. And like SM section on the top where they do like live demonstrations. They teach you how to do like the, the arm tying with the ropes. And they have like the giant crosses and they have like floggers and whips and all this shit for sale. I can be up there for like hours. So that's wow. the dopest section to me. And they sell all that. And as media, they let you try stuff out and give you free shit. So. That's the best part of the AVN convention. One of the articles I'm actually writing is how to enjoy AVN as a couple. So this year I'm bringing my girl with me. Oh, well that should be interesting. Um, oh yeah, she. I mean, it's it's going to be a great time. There's tons of tons of stuff to do. She'll be probably more hyped to go than I will. Um, and then yeah, and then the after parties and everything. So it's going to be a fun week. Not a lot of sleep. Got to find a way to still do my normal work. But uh, yeah, Young Kel is in full effect. I'm wilding out this week. Oh, you enjoyed that. I'm going to be on the beach. And uh, yeah, that's 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 my speech this week. <laughs> man, we're at such different places in our lives. I love it. <laughs> uh, old man Andreas in the building. Um, all right, let's talk about combat sports because that's what we come here to talk about. We have boxing up first because it was a good weekend in boxing. If, yeah. You know, if you guys didn't get a chance to check it out, make sure you go back. You watch the replays. Uh, we had Degal versus Badu Jack, which I thought was going to be a wash. I gave Badu really? Jack no. Yeah, like I, I've thought for a long time Badu Jack was overrated. I thought, mm. you know, he lucked into the title. Um, Mayweather put him in some good positions, which is Mayweather's MO, right? He's a smart, not only businessman, but matchmaker for himself and for others. So I was like, yo, he put him in a perfect position to get this title, all this stuff. And then watching the fight, he gets dropped in the first. And I was like, yep, I knew it. And then after that, I had to eat my words. I do Jack has improved. And that's <laughs> that's something I've noticed. I mean, ever since he lost that, his first fight and got knocked out in the first round. Like, a lot of us, uh, we looked at him and Jay Leon Love and it was like, ah, Floyd Mayweather's camping shit. Like, yeah, that's we what were I at was that saying. fight, I think, when he got knocked out. Yeah, so but then after that, I started watching Badu more, and I watched him train. I was like, "Yo, he's getting better." And um, the Boutte fight, the Gross, like he just he's looked really good. And the strange thing about James DeGale is like he hasn't looked any better for to be an Olympic medalist. Um, it hasn't translated the way I thought it would. I, I always thought James had the uh, the qualities to be, you know, an overseas star. And it's it's like you watched him in this fight, and it felt like. It felt like there were two trains passing each other going different speeds. Like, you felt like Jack has gotten so much better. After that first round knockdown, he kind of took control of that fight. Um, he, and he would have lost if he didn't drop James late in the fight. So, yeah. it felt like the sense of urgency was with Badu Jack. Now, we're not gonna, I don't think we're going to get a rematch of this anytime soon, even though I think we should. But I think both of these guys are going to steer clear of each other for a minute. And then maybe they'll fight again at a later date. Um, but it's an early candidate. A lot of people say it's an early candidate for five of the year. I'm not that type of person. Unless it's on Condit Lawler type levels, I can't look at that fight and immediately say it's a fight of the year candidate. Because obviously any fight is a fight of the year candidate because there ain't no fucking fights. But, <laughs> no, I can but see it, it though. The early knockdown, you know, him needing the late knockdown. In my opinion, he didn't even need it. Um, you know, I'm not a 
a judge for a reason, but I gave the fight to Jack. He looked good. And there was uh, a lot of close rounds. There was a lot of close rounds, but I thought he he edged him out. And when you have close rounds, you know, output says a lot. Um, and, and I thought he just outworked him in a lot right. of those rounds. So I mean, the draw, I guess, um, a majority draw in favor of the gal. I don't see. If I had to give it to anyone, I put it in favor of Jack. Um, him needing the late knockdown, in my book, I thought he could have won the fight without that late knockdown. When I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, he wrapped it up. <clears throat> so I can understand why no immediate rematch. Um, I'm sure Floyd is going to want the rematch when it happens to be in Vegas. He's just more comfortable with the judges and the judging here. So, But I, I thought it was a great showcase for um, both fighters, but I left with just a renewed, just I guess appreciation for Badu Jack and yeah. his skills. He he did get better. Like he's he's improved. They're doing something right. They, I mean, they definitely have. I mean, he's just working hard. Um, yeah, Floyd was incredulous after that fight, calling it a <laughs> highway robbery. Like, I mean, I can see I, his point. Like being ringside and the motions and everything. I thought he won too, and I don't know the guy. So if you're like personally invested in this guy, I can understand it. Yeah, I mean he was just he was everything he said, I was just like, oh man, you're like borderline hyperbole here. It's like it's yes, I get it. He lost. It was a close fight, but you can't say that it wasn't a close fight. It was a close fight. If you watch it again, you can see it either way. But um, you know, Floyd's doing this promoter thing, so I'm not mad. Like he put on a good card. Maybe with the promotions is a The young kid um, fought. Well, this is this is what I was going to get to. I've been high on Javante Tank Davis for a while, and, I, and everybody's been talking about Jack and and everybody else in Florida. But he's the kid that I've been watching. It's like he's next. He's got some defensive deficiencies that he needs to fix and fix soon if he wants to compete with the elite. Um, but the but his performance this weekend was unbelievable. I didn't expect him to get rid of him that quick. Yeah, to watch someone on a championship level like that is impressive. With how young he is, how raw he still is, like you said. And to make it look that easy, it looked natural. Yeah, I mean, uh, Pedraza, you know, I've never been terribly impressed with him. So him coming into the fight, you know, I, I figured Tank was going to win this fight. But the way that, that Tank kind of manhandled him and then, like, throwing the uppercuts, finding, placing his shots, um, putting punches together, his movement – um, taking a few punches and, and and not letting it fluster him and getting right back into his rhythm. He did everything right. The kid's 22 years old. His offense is pretty is, is pretty fearsome. Like he's not Adrian Broner when Adrian because Adrian Broner is like similar. They were like super offensive, but Adrian Broner never punches and moves at the same time. He plants his feet, stands still, and he throws. Javante Davis moves around and punches and. He's a little bit more fluid. Like, he doesn't shift offense, defense, offense, defense. He's very offensive. Um, but, dude, I, I don't know who he's going to fight next. I know somebody wild. Well, you know, you, I was about to say, you know what bothered me already. What? Is that there's kid wins, he looks impressive, and automatically it's Lomachenko. Yeah, I'm like, yo, don't, <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, listen. Kid's 22. Be yeah, easy. Like, let this kid grow. Like, this in boxing. You know, I know a lot of fight, people don't want to see fighters getting a baby through their careers. But Javante Davis is fighting Pedraza. That's not babying him. He's 22 years old. He's going to need the experience. Lomachenko's a world-class fighter. And he was a world-class fighter stepping through the, the ropes as a pro for the first time because he fought damn near 400 amateur fights. 
So to like to, to even try to put these two in the same ring together would be utterly ridiculous. It's like a, it's literally like a blue belt fight in a third degree black belt. It's just not fair. No, not um, at all. Lomachenko at twenty two is still you know putting his rounds in, yeah. put his work in. Like you listen, just because one kid is a pro at twenty two doesn't mean that he should be fighting someone who has way more experience than him. You never know. Lomachenko might move out of his weight class, or maybe I mean you know Davis is a big kid though. Like he's going to grow. Oh, yeah. So maybe he moves out of Lomachenko's weight class. Maybe it happens one day, maybe it doesn't. But, he, I mean, this kid has the frame to be, you know, a legit 140-pound champion. I mean, you know, he's fighting a super featherweight right now, which, you know, eventually he'll be a lightweight soon enough. Um, he's growing and you, out of that quick, quick. Yeah, you know, and you look at, like, the, the you know, the lightweight division at 135, and you look at all the, all the people that are there, and it's like, you know, uh, Robert Easter's there, uh, Sharif Bouguer, Richard Comney, who had a great fight with Easter. You have uh, Ray Beltran, like Felix Verdejo is the guy who was on the rise. But you could see him hypothetically competing with just about everybody in this division. Uh, Jorge Linares is the champion right now. Um, Mikey Garcia is, is there, which uh, nobody wants to fight him. Um, he's fighting next week. But, uh, you know, you can hypothetically see, you know, Tank competing at lightweight and probably junior welterweight. Um, over the next couple of years, we'll see how his body fills out. But at 22, um, with Floyd Mayweather behind him, he, there's a lot of potential there to make this kid a star. No, definitely. Um, Mayweather's doing okay, especially in the younger ranks. He has that other light skinned kid. I don't know why his name just surpasses me. Uh, Dewey is his trainer, though. Um, yeah, but he's like 19. We've seen him a couple times. He looks pretty good. He looks solid. So I mean. We'll see. Mayweather's talent, and that's something he's been doing for quite some time, is he didn't just bring in 24, 25-year-olds, you know? He has those guys. Um, you know, he has the Badu Jacks. He has, um, you know, other fighters at that level who are moving their way up. Uh, he has Bellows and all these guys. But he also bought in, like, 15-year-olds into right. Vegas. And that's what people don't know. He, he took talented fighters from across the country. Fluent kids from Philly with their families. I think he has a kid from Florida came in and like 15, 16 years old to train at his gym. And this is the first wave of those kids that we're seeing. And if anyone's been to Mayweather Gym, you know, and if you haven't, you go in there and you see kids as early as 12, 13, putting in work. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with with, you know, Uncle Roger and all like. They're putting in work with real trainers, like Mayweather quality trainers. So these kids are going to be good. That next generation that he's building is going to be dangerous yeah, as long true. as, you know, they, they put in the work. And Floyd's work ethic, I'm sure they will. They see the money. And that's one thing I'm not sure if Delahoy has really been able to do where Floyd might um, directly benefit is that he's always around these guys. He's a world traveler, all this stuff, but he peeks in once a week, twice a week, and they see success. They see the money. Every now yeah, and yeah. then, he takes them out like, yo, this is what you can have, but it only happens if I see you in that gym seven days a week, and all his fighters understand that, every single one. Definitely, definitely. Uh, what else we got to talk about in the world of boxing? Canelo versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., which I know you love that fight. Yeah, I mean, I called it. I said it should happen. I mean, <laughs> I swear we called this shit so long ago. 
dude, I said it years ago. It was like, if, if you want to build Canelo, you're going to have to put him in there with somebody who's a little bit bigger, who's, you know, who's also Mexican. Prove your Mexicanist. Mexicanisms. <laughs> like, prove it. And, and Chavez, you know, he comes from a uh, legendary lineage. Um, he's lazy as fuck. Uh, he's not really that good. So he's the perfect foil, to, you know, to put in there. Now, the problem with this is it co- completely negates the whole concept that Canelo needs to work his way up to middleweight because he's fighting Chavez Jr. at 164 and a half pounds, which is four and a half pounds heavier than what he's going to fight Triple G at. So on that note, it looks like a douchebag move. Yeah, but like he's just ducking him now. Like he ran out of excuses. So, so the other thing with this fight is Chavez Jr. hasn't fought under 168 since the, the Vera fights, and that had to be like four years ago. And he's always struggled with making weight, and he fought as a light heavyweight. So him making 164 and a half, this dude's going to be dead. He's going to come to the ring as a corpse. Oh, I have and no confidence that he's making that weight. So you're assuming that he's actually going to make the weight. No, he's going to get murdered. Like, one way or another, in, in the steam room, in the spa, in the boxing ring, on his way to the ring, he's going to die. Um, <laughs> whether it's at the hands of Canelo, the weight cut, he's going to lose. But all in all, you know, I think T-Mobile's the target place for this fight, uh, which would be great because I'd like to be there and see this atmosphere. Um, yeah. This should be pretty Shake big for Shack. Canelo. Yeah, Shake Shack. <laughs> um, this should be pretty big for Canelo. It's it's a big fight. Um, and it'll be exciting while it lasts if, if Chavez Jr. actually comes to fight. Um, but I've just never been impressed. With, I've never, ever been impressed with Chavez Jr. Not a single fight that I've seen has he impressed me. People talk about the Sergio Martinez um, 12th round near victory, near knockout. And I'm like, dude, he got schools for 11 and a half rounds. So it's like never been impressed with the kid. Yeah, no, he's uh, a lot of the fights that he's won were very controversial. Oh, yeah. And people left like, oh, they're just giving him fights at this point. Dude, he, got, he gets a Jesse Vargas treatment. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of fights that were were close that people thought he lost he ended up winning and, it, and you can kind of see why they did it. like jesse vargas won a lot of fights locally that i was just like dude you lost that fight um chavez the same way there are a lot of times he fought an undercard and i'm like dude there's no way he won that fight he looked like shit he still comes away with the victory and it makes his record look great before he fought sergio martinez but kids trash yeah i mean but Canelo's gonna come in i don't expect Canelo to look small and that's the no. biggest thing. It's going to be 164, and I have all confidence that Canelo is going to look right at home at that weight. He's still yeah. going to come in 180 in the next day. Yeah, he's going to be. I mean, he's still going to be huge because Canelo is still relatively young, um, and he can still cut weight like that. It's going to. It's going to betray him sooner or later. Well, sooner no, he's later. just going to fight the people he's supposed to be fighting. Well, no. What I'm saying is he's going to try to make that cut and blow back up, and it's going to betray him. Like sooner or later. Um, somebody's going to either have to put a cap on his weight gain or he's just going to blow it on the scales one of these times. Because he, like, the weight he cuts is, is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't see him getting Hendrixed anytime soon, though. So no, make probably. that money. No, there's, there's, there's a lot more margin for error in, uh, in boxing than it is in MMA. Um, you know, MMA guys, just they just routinely fuck up. But Yeah, and you can catch weight everything in boxing or just pay a little bit if you think you're going to be fat. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he got it. He, he's in a perfect position to do so. Um, the only other thing in boxing we have is Al Heyman versus Golden Boy. Okay. I've kind of... Um, I, I need to dive more into this because people have been sending me a lot of links, a lot of information, and I'm just like, yo, this is getting kind of crazy. Like, every document that comes out, I'm like, there's some real... I got to say hatred between the sides, right? 
Yeah, well, you know, for me, I, I need to see, like, I'm not trying to discredit, you know, these sources and saying that they're false, but I, like, I'm getting screen grabs sent to me, and I'm like, it's the it's the age of the internet. I have to do a little bit more investigation before I complete like say one way or another what's going on here because we haven't really seen this reported and maybe it's because it's bullshit or maybe because people are trying to hide it and I just haven't had the time to really sit down and dive in and make a few phone calls to find out what the hell is going on because these racist emails that pop up calling Heyman a nigger and all this stuff is like yeah that shit crazy. came out of left field. I was just like what. You know, they're saying that they want to keep it out of court. And I'm just like, well, why haven't we this? This isn't boxing isn't the like this isn't the FBI. Like this is the government trying to cover up. Things. This isn't Trump trying to cover up Rus- Russian involvement in the election. This is boxing. Why would this get swept under the rug um, more like more than anything else? So I, I need to do a little bit more investigation. But if it, if it is true, there's like heads need to roll for this shit. And Oscar's going to need to clean house. Yeah, but it it won't, right? Like, even if it's true, how do you clean house? Boxing, at the very top, when you're a huge promoter, you're kind of bulletproof. Because it hasn't stopped Heyman from working with them. I mean, obviously, maybe Heyman didn't know the degree in which they were bad-mouthing him. But Heyman has to know that everyone bad-mouths him. Of course he does. Um, When he decided to do PBC and kind of move everything away from Showtime and you know, try to go network television and everything. He has to know he's rubbing people the wrong way. Of course. And I mean, he's like a black man with power in, in, in an industry that has been typically ran by uh, white men in suits. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of vitriol and hatred towards him. I just, the degree of, like, these emails coming out is just, like, who got these emails in the first place? Like, I got a lot of questions. Um, the only thing but, I saw in regards to that is that it was part of the court case and after a certain period of time, they have to make these public record. Yeah, I got again. I got to see what state this is. Like, yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of weird shit, and I still don't know what is to gain from it. Like, right. if you're taking it to court, what do you want from Al Heyman, or vice yep. versa? Like, what what is even at the base of these arguments and these court filings? Like, I, I don't understand because they still do work together. Yep. That's what's mind blowing. It's not. It's not top ranking Al Heyman. It's not even Rock Nation in Al Heyman. It's it's Golden Boy. It's like you guys still actively work together, right? So I, um, I don't understand what's behind this. And honestly, it can get real ugly real quick. And if those that relationship sours, boxing's in for it. Because now you have a four way divide. No one's gonna fight anyone. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we, we're we're getting more matchups now than we did, you know, a half decade ago. So the bridges are being crossed. But yeah, if these bridges are burned, then we're going to be back at square one. And bo- the last thing boxing needs to do is be back at square one. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, they figure it out. We got to get more information. But that that's boxing this week, and that's why we let off with boxing. We're going to take a quick break. Make sure you guys fill out this survey that's coming up. We'll give you all the details. When we come back, we're going to talk UFC really quick. It was kind of a a quieter week in mixed martial arts, so we'll spend our middle segment on that and then wrestling for our last segment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Listen up. Because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. 
It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. If you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. If there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, everybody, thanks for staying through that quick little break. We're here to talk MMA for this segment, and right after we recorded the podcast last week, it seemed like news of Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor at boxing match took off, and it caught fire, and we saw Floyd going on first take, proclaiming that he offered McGregor a contract, um, 100 guaranteed for Floyd, 15 for Conor, Dana White then goes on the herd and says, you know what, that's not a fair offer, that's laughable, 25 for each of you guys, and we make it a UFC card. Um, And he puts, like, you know, another championship fight, a UFC championship fight underneath it, and pretty much promotes the entire event and tells Floyd what he's going to make. Floyd then just laughs at him via TMZ, and it kind of cools down. I don't know what the hell to make of this, except... From the beginning, we're not going to get this fight. I mean, we're not going to get this fight. This people that are, are still hanging on to the idea that this fight can happen, y'all need to cut it out. Skip it. Um, yeah, I mean, but it's mostly people who don't cover combat sports are the ones thinking that this fight can happen. It will say things like, you know, McGregor is going to hurt Mayweather. Like, y'all need to shut the fuck up. I'm tired of y'all, you know, t- trying to talk about our sport. And I say our sport because it's something I've covered for a decade now. And... Go on your shows and like, dude, you know football and basketball locker room talk. Like you, <laughs> like that's what you do. Don't talk about combat sports like you know because you're misinforming your audience. So, um, so yeah. So Floyd Mayweather says he offered Conor McGregor fifteen million, right? And people, you know, were up in arms. Why couldn't he get an even split? Well, because Floyd's, you know, he paid his dues. What people forget, he's never is, getting an even split. No, fuck no. But here's but there's a reason behind all this. Like people forget Floyd Mayweather was promoted by top rank. One day, well not one day, over time Floyd was unhappy with how he was being handled. Got without Heyman, Leonard Ellerby, he decided to buy himself out of his contract and essentially be a free agent to take the steps to become the, the Forbes highest paid athlete for what four consecutive years he was. But he took it upon himself to take a risk. He gambled on himself to become his own boss. Conor McGregor hasn't done that. He hasn't paid those kind of dues. Floyd Mayweather's been undefeated for 20 years, and he's retired now. So, of course, he controls everything. Like, he took a risk to be a boss. Conor McGregor still has an employer. 
if you work for a Fortune 500 company and you brag about their net profit being 300 million a year, you still get paid a salary. You don't get a cut of that profit. So when we're talking about this fight, uh, when Floyd's very careful in how he says things, and Floyd's never been the, the the sharpest knife in the drawer when it comes to talking, but he hits certain bullet points that are important. He says he offered Conor McGregor this fight, just like he said he offered Manny Pacquiao the fight, not Bob Arum, Manny Pacquiao, and he said I'll pay you a flat rate to cut that middleman out. He's doing the same thing with Conor. He's basically saying, why is Dana making all the money? Like, you have to answer to him. I'll pay you $15 million for this fight. Yeah. He knows Conor can't do that. So all it does is stir the pot. So then Dana says, like, he, Dana fell for the trap. The first thing Dana said was, like, <laughs> if you're going to talk to anybody about this fight, you need to talk to me because I'm his boss. That's what Floyd doesn't want to hear. Because if you're his boss, I want nothing to do with this fight. Well, that's what so, McGregor doesn't want to hear. It's creating fiction between McGregor and Dana White as well. Like, if you've listened to Floyd over the past few years, he's talking about fighters taking their own destinies into their own hands. And Conor McGregor is the type of guy who could potentially do that. But the problem with Conor McGregor is he's only been t- on top of the game for two years. And a loss would be devastating at this point. Like, another one. Like, if he didn't win the comeback fight with Diaz, he'd be, I mean, he wouldn't be washed up, but he wouldn't have the same earning potential. But... Now that he's, you know, he's the two, he was the first simultaneous two-division champion, he's this huge name, Floyd's going to stir the pot and say, hey, you know, I'll pay you this. And maybe Floyd never made that call. That, that's not what matters here. The fact is, is that you can't make as much money as Floyd until you become your own boss. And, <coughs> and you got a long way to go because you're un, under contract with Dana White. And Dana's just not going to let it happen. And for Dana to say he'll offer Floyd $25 million and say Floyd's not the A-side is utterly ridiculous. Because Floyd don't need this fight. Like, neither of them really need this fight. But if it is going to happen, it's going to be a boxing match. Not a UFC match that, that Dana White's going to put on and put on, like, UFC world title fights on the undercard. If this is going to happen, it's going to be on Floyd Mayweather's terms. He's not going to give in to the UFC. Oh, and this, no. is why, this is why this fight's never going to happen. Like, people don't understand. Like, you got to look at who runs the pay-per-view, who produces the pay-per-view. Who's paying Floyd Mayweather $100 million? Because it's not going to be Dana White. So the UFC is completely, you know, they're, they're cut out of this picture. Yeah. Unless WNBIG. I mean, CBS has to pick up that bill, right? Don't, don't they always pay Floyd wild, but ridiculous amounts he, of money? He's not even, like, he's under nobody's contract. So if Floyd wants to do this fight, it'd be a one-off. He'd, go to, he'd probably step to Steven Espinosa, who's treated him so well in the past, and say, Look, I want to do this. I want this to be a Showtime pay-per-view. I want the promotion, everything to be on Showtime, CBS. Like Everything I want to do needs to be through here. So he, he'd, he'd make a one-off deal, and then he would cut the UFC into it. It's not vice versa. The UFC is not cutting Floyd Mayweather into anything. By so, no means. No. So it's like, we're to, as we listen to these conversations, like really pay close attention to what's being said, and don't get your hopes up that this fight's going to happen. you got a better chance of seeing Soldier Boy and Chris Brown than you see Floyd Mayweather and Con- Conor McGregor. It's, it's a joke. Floyd Mayweather's happily retired with $900 million in his bank account. Dana says, oh, well, he charters his own place. He spends money. Yeah, he does. But, you know, what, he's ma- what he made in, in the Pacquiao fight, Conor McGregor probably won't make in a lifetime. And, and, and that's saying that, you know, even if Conor McGregor wins for the next two years, he's not seeing $200 million in a UFC fight. By no means. No, he'd have to fight a credible amount of times. Like, it's it's not going to happen. And to me, though, Floyd Floyd controls everything, right? He's the A-side. He's his own boss. He is the promoter. Um, So he deserves a lion's share of the money. And 
that's something a lot of people also don't recognize is that Floyd not only has to pay himself as the talent and what he's worth as a boxer, he then has to pay himself on top of that as the promoter. So he gets two checks. So it's only right that he makes an incredible amount of money off of this. So when we're talking $100 million to step into the ring, that's for Floyd the boxer. How much as a promoter is he still going to rake in on top of that? And then for Conor, I think the the split, once again, Floyd should be negotiating. If he really wanted to do this, only thing he had to do is negotiate with the UFC. He has to hire the offer because you look at it, it's going to do Manny Pacquiao numbers. Or barely below. It, it just is. As far as in terms of pay-per-view, gate, all that stuff. They have a revenue model to go off of. And to anticipate how much they're going to make. And Floyd is taking a, a guaranteed money pay cut off of that Pacquiao fight. By what? I think he was guaranteed 150 Pacquiao fight. It um, was ended, like... Uh, ended up making yeah, two something. Um, So it was like 150. So he's, he's dropped that by 50 mil. So... You should be well within the range of knowing how much you're going to earn. And Pacquiao had a 60, I think it was 66-33 split, 66-34 split with Mayweather. If you give the UFC that 34 split, then we're talking. Because 34% of, you know, like the 100 million, or it'd be like 150 or whatever, they're going to make $50 million for the UFC to do nothing. To not produce an undercard, because then Floyd's not going to allow that. To not pay any other fighters. To not, you know, have to produce anything. You're making $50 million to sit back and just let a guy go somewhere else. So UFC, in their mind, is saving money. If they were smart and didn't have egos. Just be like, yo, just to let this guy go over, box, come back, and then just show, like, okay, it was a boxing match. I'm not a boxer. Who cares? Come back and do your thing in MMA. But UFC can sit on their ass, make 50 mil, and then cut Connor a check for 15. So overhead, you're making $35 million, the equivalent of a major UFC pay-per-view, to spend no money. Yeah, but that's why this fight's not going to happen. It's and Connor can U- get 15 and pay-per-view points? Connor's walking away with 25, 30 mil? 15 right. guaranteed is triple the 5 million guaranteed that he's getting now. Plus pay-per-view points, you're pushing him into the 30s. Endorsement deals coming in out the wazoo, the the commercials, the media obligation, all this stuff is paid for. Yeah, Con- so but Connor's problem- walking away with thirty. I, I can't I can't see why they can't do it and just take thirty five million dollars to do nothing. Dana White can make thirty five million dollars in a night to do nothing, and if he's smart, you want to make money off the UFC, do a Friday card in Vegas. You want to put that fight on Saturday, Floyd? You can have that. Let's do a Friday card with a champion. Let's do a full card that Friday so then we can get a full gate. We can get full fights, all eyes on the world, and then Connor parades out the next day. Because the same people going to Connor or to Connor and Mayweather the next day, or if it's corporate like the Pacquiao fight, the people who get priced out the next night will go to the UFC on that Friday. Make money. And that's what egos get in the way of money. 
Well, I mean, it's business too. At the end of the day, like, it, it, we're just we're talking about Dana White, like he owns the UFC, which <laughs> WME IMG does, and it's not a family business anymore. Huh? Yeah, you know, the Fertitas are out. They're out of this picture. They you, made their four billion. They're gone. You think it would have had a better chance of happening if Fertitas was still there? No, if it was just Fertitas and Dana. No, no, no. I don't. This fight's not going. It, there was never a better never, chance. <laughs> no, like Floyd's not making this fight with Conor unless he's a free agent. As long as the UFC has their tentacles into Conor McGregor's earnings. Because what the UFC doesn't do very well is build stars themselves. Conor McGregor is a self-made star. Like, as much as we say that the UFC's babied him and done this and that, like, Conor McGregor's, you know, the, the celebrity of Conor McGregor was made through himself. It wasn't made through the vehicle of the UFC. And what the UFC doesn't do very well is allow people to become bigger than the promotion. They don't handle that well. You have to be a company guy. And if Conor goes off and does this fight, he's not a company guy. Like the UFC's not here. They're, they want to make money, but they're trying to build their brand. And a crossover fight like this, they want to have control over the promotion of this fight. Like they want it to be branded a certain way. Like, trust me, if Mayweather gets a hold of this fight, Conor McGregor's being branded as a completely different individual. There's no UFC logos. There's no recollect like. They, they, they oh, won't be any you got to give him footage. a logo. You got to give him UFC footage, logo. No. He has to wear a form of the fight kit. Like, he has to, his boxing trunks and everything have to be fight kit approved. But that's it. But that's I'm saying, where you have Mayweather, to bend. If Mayweather does this, like, if, if Mayweather were to able to pry Conor McGregor away, the UFC is not going to let Conor McGregor, you know, wear these things unless they're cut into this deal. Like, this. This deal is, I mean, this is really like a, a football, basketball deal. It's, it's two completely different worlds. Even though they both share similarities in hand-to-hand combat, this, they're completely di- different. How they're commissioned, referees, judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, how they're paid. You know, yeah, how they're paid, the promotions, like gate splits, pay-per-view. Because Floyd Mayweather is doing this as a boxing model. It's a boxing match. This is not a UFC event. A, there's no cage. There's no octagon. Like, even like haggling over the things that, that they did with HBO over who was going to announce the fight. Like if you had that much problem with Mayweather Pacquiao, what do you think is going to happen in a cross-promotional, um, cross-sport event? It's not, Dude, it's not going to happen. All Floyd Mayweather is doing is stirring the pot. Can we get John Rogan and Max Kellerman? Like, like, can we just pair those two together? <laughs> dude, it'd be a lot of, a lot of high-octane there. And, and, throw, um, and throw Roy Jones in there for shits and giggles. But, it's, you know, ultimately, it's, this is all about posturing. Floyd don't need this fight. He'll take it. If, if You know, if he was, like, beat up this amateur for $100 million, sure, I'll do it. Oh, but if Conor like, in the UFC said, yeah, we'll do it for 15 mil, Floyd take the fight. Yeah, but it's, that's not going to happen. Nah, never. The, the UFC is going to grab the nuts and say, you know, we're the biggest sport in the world. Boxing's washed up. You know, we, 25, like, the 25 million split was, like, that was so ridiculous. That's Floyd laughable. Hasn't reached, like Floyd hasn't made twenty five million, and God, I'm not even sure how long ago. I mean, he was, his Showtime contract was guaranteed before De La Hoya. I'm assuming because he was yeah, guaranteed I mean, sixty mil a fight for a while, right? Well, no, he was guaranteed like between twenty and thirty. Upside of the pay per view elevated that to sixty. Canelo, he made a hundred million. Like that pay per view split is a big deal. Like when people talk about, oh, he's only offering Conor fifteen million, but he's offering a pay per view split as well, and that's where the bulk of the money is going to come from. Yeah, but I think Manny got washed in the pay per view. I think like the end numbers were like seventy five, twenty five. But pay-per-view again, points. 
Floyd had to negotiate with Bob Arum. He didn't negotiate with Manny Pacquiao. That's true. So you're saying he got washed in that though. Like it know, wasn't like it's a fair split pay per view wise either. Like you're taking a pretty, pretty big chunk for Floyd in pay per view sales. You know, the, the bottom line is Floyd Mayweather is undefeated. Never lost a fight. Twenty years on top of his game. Took the risk to become his own boss. Like love him or hate him, this is what he has done. He has earned the right to make a lion's share of the money and give as long as he's giving you more than you've ever made, you kind of got to shut the fuck up. Like, I know you say you want the split, but there's no other opportunity in this universe. As long as you're working for the UFC that you'll ever see that kind of money outside of a Floyd Mayweather fight. Connor just can't get five million more than he's made with the UFC to fight Floyd though. That's my argument. When it's all said and done, it's not worth it for Connor. If he goes from after pay-per-view points, making 15 mil with the UFC, um, you know, five mil guaranteed. I'm, I think that Diaz fight was like five mil guaranteed for Connor. Pay per view. It was three and a half. Then. It was three and a half. Like so the highest last one was five. Yeah, no, the highest guarantee to date in the UFC guarantee is three and a half million. It's never been higher than that. What he's made after that? I thought he got five for this last mm-mm. one. No, because Ronda was Ronda's three and a half mil and and Brock's three and a half mil were the highest disclosed persons in the UFC. Like these, those get those are the guarantees. Then after that, they make the back end pay per view and everything else. Yeah, Connor's in the in the ten million range per fight yeah. now. If he doesn't get twenty five for a Floyd fight, thirty is not worth it because he, yeah, like he he legit fights three times a year in the UFC. He can make that shit in a year. So why fight yeah. Floyd and take an L? Like you no, got to make it worth it. Well, I mean, this this was this this fight's only happening because Connor started talking. Again, like this, the conversation only started because Conor McGregor was talking about boxing Floyd Mayweather. Like Floyd Mayweather didn't wake up one day and said, I want to fight Conor McGregor. Like people got to remember how this thing started. Conor McGregor, yes, of course, he wants to make more money. He wants $100 million. Does he deserve it? No. But he wants $100 million. Like if this fight happened, were to happen, a $15 million guarantee plus play-per-view split would put him – if, if, if Floyd did the split, depending on how he handles the split directly with Conor McGregor, would put Conor at like 40, 50 million. You do the fight then? Absolutely. Because you don't care if you win or lose because you're only because you're, you're not fighting this fight to thinking you're going to win. Like Conor's like he's a nutcase if he thinks he's going to knock out Floyd Mayweather. But, you know, this is just so much dumb posturing and so so many idiots throwing logs on the fire saying, oh, this fight can happen. Floyd's scared. It's like, dude. Do y'all understand the business of combat sports? Obviously not. So <laughs> Skip Bayless, like Stephen A. Smith, like, oh, yeah, just shut the fuck up. It's not going to happen. Like, when you watch first take, Max Kellerman, like, the look on his face is like, get the fuck out of here. This fight's not going to happen. But let's talk about it because it keeps Floyd relevant. Like, Connor's really making three mil guaranteed. That's pretty shitty. I'm t- like, He's dog, cleaning up on the, on the pay-per-view points, though. Like, I'm trying to, like, people are, t- like, there was people on Twitter, like, talking, oh, well, Connor makes this. I'm like, no, dude. Connor makes a guaranteed three and a half million tops because Lesnar took on three and a half million. Ronda took on three and a half million. It doesn't go any higher than that. Like, when you're saying, well, Connor made 15 million, like, Connor's going to break that on the next one, though. On, but, on but, his next contract, on his next fight, he, he's breaking the bank. Yeah, but what, all it is is, like, what Connor makes after that has been pure speculation. Like, we really don't know no. how much money Connor is making. We're guessing. Yeah, like we say ten million. We think that sounds good because maybe Connor told us ten million. We don't really know. No, we, we don't saw know. the hundred million dollar check that Floyd got at the Pacquiao fight. <laughs> That's that just because Floyd weak. is an asshole. <laughs> he just yeah. paraded a hundred million dollar check on the on the front end. 
That's not even back end money. That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, you like y'all don't understand. There's a reason why Floyd fights in Vegas. There's a reason why he he only fought at the MGM. Like the cuts that he gets from the MGM are ridiculous. It's Showtime deal. Listen, may, it might not just be Floyd. It's Al Heyman as well and Leonard Ellerby. But these these are shrewd businessmen who took their destiny in their own hands as African American as African Americans who weren't getting the right cut under Bob Arum. And, and took a risk and gambled it on themselves. Until another fighter can gamble on themselves like Floyd Mayweather did, you can't really say shit. Like, Floyd, I mean, Connor, you're still in the contract with the UFC. Buy yourself out of that contract. Take a risk as an independent person. But most people don't believe in themselves like that. No. Floyd did and there's no precedent in the UFC to still be able to fight in the UFC if you buy yourself out. Absolutely not. Like, it's so, so that's diff- that's the risk. Floyd Mayweather could buy himself out and still box people. Floyd, Conor McGregor doesn't have that guarantee. Like, if he buys himself out or partners with the UFC, as he calls it, then there's no guarantee that they let him fight. Yeah, I mean, just keep in mind, when Floyd bought himself out of his top-ranked contract, right? I think it was, you know, the the, Mar- the I think the Antonio Margarito fight was on the table, and then he bought himself out, and people said he ducked Margarito, but it was really about negotiating himself out of his own contract. When it happened, the, the outcry that people said Floyd Mayweather was stupid, Floyd Mayweather wasn't going to go anywhere. Like people forget the backlash. And it, it said, if you're not with top rank, um, you're never going to make it. Mm-hmm. And, and or Don King because Golden Boy hadn't even really come. I think no, they hadn't really come into fruition at the time. No, so Floyd when, helped put them on the map. Yeah, like when when Floyd Mayweather did that, like it was a true risk as a lone wolf with no other fighters believing in yourself in a sport that. When you lose, it's over. And he took that risk. He fought uh, Baldemir in front of, like, nobody. Like, if anybody <laughs> remembers that fight, there was nobody in the building for that fight. But he put himself in the position to fight Oscar De La Hoya. It wasn't like Floyd was, like, this massive draw before De La Hoya. But he, he made it himself. He, he, like, created his own character in pro wrestling and maxed out his stats. Like, he <laughs> just and it went wild with it. And now look at him. So, yeah, if anybody comes to this and says, like, yo, I'm two years in. I want half of your money. Floyd's looking at him like, dude, you didn't take those kind of risks. You didn't put in that kind of work. Like, give the man, like, love him, like I said, love him or hate him. His outside, you know, the ring personality, the domestic issues, him just being an asshole. Him, you know, hanging out with Donald Trump. Fuck all that. All that shit is whack. I agree. But as a businessman, as a, as a pure athlete, you can't do what Floyd did. And you can't try to justify it by saying, I've been a star for a year. Give me half. Nope. <laughs> nah, the fights never get made. That's that's what it boils down to. But once again, they keep bringing it up. We got to keep talking about it, right? Yes, we um, do. Let's cover a fight that actually happened. The return of BJ Penn, UFC Phoenix. Uh, grand opening, grand closing. That's it, right? Like, Yair Rodriguez, listen, to me, he can be a future star. Because the one thing UFC hasn't made is a Mexican star. We know how much the Mexican culture loves combat sports. And they, unlike a lot of other cultures, um, well, I guess a lot of foreign cultures are like this, they don't care about size. Like, a lot of their stars in boxing have been smaller guys. Um, so in the UFC, you can build a legit Mexican star. It doesn't have to be a heavyweight Cain Velasquez. It can be a normal size guy or a smaller guy like Yair Rodriguez, um, who just has a flashy style. He has, quote-unquote, the Mexican style. There's no defense. It's all offense. Instead of... Fist of Stone, he just has really crazy-ass kicks. Um, so he put on the show. He put on a showcase, and man, R.A.P. B.J. Penn. Dude, B.J. deserved better. <laughs> like He needs to get scanned after this, by the way. Like, CTE is real. 
The there hits is, he's taking to the dome piece and not going down is scary. Well, DJ's skin used to be made out of leather. Like, if you watch his old fights, the dude just he, it was like, man, he could take anything. But now it's like the fact that he, he didn't fight somebody like Dennis Seaver or a lower-end featherweight. Um, and I keep saying this. BJ Penn didn't, hadn't won a fight since UFC 123 when he knocked out Matt Hughes. Yeah. There was no way BJ was going to make this competitive. He was getting fed to somebody that they want to make a star. And diehard, you know, hardcore MMA fans, we know better. Like, seeing <laughs> our year, he just beat up like a corpse. Like, BJ had nothing in that fight. Yo, and it was embarrassing. When the fight was building, I saw a lot of MMA people switch their picks. Yeah, then there were a lot of stupid people. A lot there. of people got nostalgic. And they're just like, oh, you know what? BJ Penn, blah, blah. Like, come on, man. Oh, he's at, he's at Jackson's. You know, yeah. he's, Don't he's training. Don't the doke Look, man, he hasn't won a fight in, since UFC 120. Dude, we're almost 100 UFCs removed from the last time BJ Penn fought. You're going to tell me he's going to be somebody like Gary Rodriguez, who's a better striker, who's better footwork, who's a better wrestler, who's like 12 years younger. Like, how, do you, how can you fathom that this was going to be competitive? I don't understand. I have no clue how... How they did it, but people talked themselves into it, and then at the end felt really bad for BJ Penn, which I don't feel bad for. No, listen, he got paid. I, listen, yeah, I saw him cry once already. Like after that, that night I felt bad for him. The Frankie Edgar night, everyone in damn place. It was like a a haze over the crowd. The media people were like, oh man, we just this is the end of a legend. We saw him go out. He got worked. That was a sad night. This last one, nah. Nah, he got paid one hundred fifty thousand to get his ass whooped. Yep. And- you know, I don't feel bad for BJ because he took the fight. He should have known better to not take this particular fight. Like well, they I said, gave him some other fights that were a lot e- more evenly matched. Well, he, originally he was supposed to fight. Out. Yeah, well, he's supposed to fight Dennis Seaver, and I would have waited to fight Dennis. Like, dog, I'm not fighting Yair Rodriguez. Like, that just doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And well, he beat the at, shit out of him. Yeah, now I don't think he retires. Now he can go and get that Dennis Seaver fight. I mean, you know, he no, he could take his ass to Ryzen and, and fight in, in BJ Penn open weight challenge. Like, dude, BJ Penn has fought in a lot of weight classes. He can go do what Mirko Krokop just did in Ryzen and win that um, and get paid a lot of money without any real drug testing if he wanted to go that route. But BJ, he's kind of a purist. He's, Ryzen I, always, cutting checks? Are they? <laughs> go. No, Yo, Japanese MMA, first of all, they just don't give a fuck. And I was like sitting around. I was watching Pride while I was at the uh, the champion's offices. Um, we had like we were watching old Pride matches. And I'm just like looking like they just didn't give a fuck. Like Kevin Randleman had like like veins coming out of his kneecaps. I'm like, dog, like these dudes, they just they, like jacked. You Juice know what I'm saying? To like, the gills. Yeah. yeah, like drug testing was it's just not a thing that they care about. But BJ Penn is one of the most pure athletes. Like, you look at his body type, look at who he is. It's amazing that he's been able to cut weight um, the way that he has, and he's fought as high as the light heavyweight against Leo Machida and as low as a featherweight. It's, it's amazing what he's done. For him to make 145 as a 38-year-old man is unbelievable. But it's time. It's time to train or do something else or get, you know, like, this he, may be the setup for He doesn't want to do anything. Like, he doesn't want to do anything besides fight. I mean, you know. He it, didn't have to come back. He got money. It's He's a horrible fine. stereotype, but uh, Hawaiians just like to fight. <laughs> it, it, but it's, and it's true. Like Max Holloway should be in here for the revenge fight eventually with Yair Rodriguez. That'd be one hell of a fight. It'd be fun to watch. You know, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I've, I've said I want to see Yair Rodriguez and Cub Swanson or Duhu Choi. Like that's who I want to see him. Like if you're gonna elevate this kid to be the next, he needs to fight Cub or Duhu Choi, like you know the Korean Superboy, Wonder Boy, or whatever. Like he needs to fight top five because Yair hasn't beat 
anybody in the top ten. Him and Curry and Superboy would be a fucking – give me five rounds of that. They better headline something. Yeah, I, I'd be here for it, but, you know, um, this one is. The only other thing we have to talk about, really, and like I said, I'm going to UFC 209. That's taking shape. Um, the card is better than the Brooklyn card. So, that Brooklyn card is trash. Yeah. Tra- <laughs> My God. Brooklyn's getting fleeced. Um, but people will pay because MMA is new there. Um, I'm okay with how this card is shaping up for Vegas. Wonder Boy versus Woodley. Uh, I think it was right that they made that fight come together. Um, there was no winner in the first one. Immediate no rematch is called for. Yeah. And I know something that you probably hate is that we got the Khabib fight we wanted versus Tony Ferguson. Mm-hmm. But the same fight was made last year. And for injury reasons, we did not see it. Why this time does it have to be for an interim title when we just saw the guy fight in November? Oh, man. Um, make it a five-round <laughs> fight. Like, not in the UFC, and I wanted to see a five-round fight. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. that's the only reason I'm saying okay. The UFC is, is coming <laughs> to the business to make things happen for entertainment purposes. With the WME IMG acquisition of the UFC now, it's not about making the shit make any sense because – the term interim title is completely – it makes absolutely no sense. But what they're doing is the UFC is in a tough period for the next six months until Conor McGregor comes back. With Ronda Rousey getting the break speed offer and Conor McGregor taking an extended hiatus from the octagon, there are no stars to carry the sport. There's nobody. Cody Garbrandt is now on the Ultimate Fighter uh, opposite TJ Dillashaw, uh, which means he won't fight till July. So you have six months, six to try to stay above water. And like, even though like the Woodley wonder boy uh, and Khabib Ferguson fight is great. It's great for hardcore fans. There's no crossover appeal. And that's the thing about the UFC. That's that they, I don't think they understand. They do a horrible job creating new stars. So the, so for the next six months, they're going to be treading water. Nobody's going to 208, 209. We're going to love hardcore MMA fans. going to love, but there's no crossover appeal there. They're boom. That they like what WME IMG acquired is not what it once was with Ronda no longer being the top draw, with John Jones still being suspended until next July. They got a lot of work to do. Yeah, so, but you acquire, I mean, it was no different when GSP said he was leaving and everyone was just like, what? Oh my God, there's no stars. Nah, it's not the oh, same. Oh, Silver Laws. And then it's just like, no, calm down. But the it's, wave it's is not- coming. It's not the same. Like there's when GSP and they created Ronda Rousey, by the way. Well, Ronda, they, uh, UFC created Ronda Rousey as a star. Ronda Rousey, she was like all purposes. She was a bad girl. She was an asshole, and they turned her into America's darling because people didn't know who Ronda Rousey was before, or even the beginning of her UFC run. Like, yeah, but they, what? Are, what did Ronda? I mean, what did the UFC really do except prop Ronda up? I mean, I mean, any promotion could have done that. It, you uh, know, it was Bellator it like, is not getting her on Ellen. I mean, you said any promotion, but, no but, promotion uh, but, besides the UFC is getting her on Ellen, The Tonight Show, ESPN. She was a crossover star. She was in movies. But but here's the question: and not like Jay, don't, Gina Carano's in movies. Like she she had to get washed and then go full time. Like, but, but Ronda yeah. was getting offered real shit. 
But Ron, like Ronda, and the reason why I, I say this, like I know the UFC definitely has some assistance. But the thing about Ronda was, it wasn't so much what she did outside of the cage; it was truly the what she was doing inside the octagon. It was Instagram finishes because when she first arrived against Carmouche, she wasn't. She was a she was a, a budding star. But it wasn't until she she packed three fights into three Instagram videos that the, that the pay per view started to take off. Like that's what happened. Yeah, I so mean, she, when she, major networks started calling her Tyson and shit. Yeah, like she she had to do what she had to do inside of the cage, and and that's when it really took off. Like the UFC propped her up, and they had the perfect like the UFC has a perfect vehicle to do it. But what I'm saying is like like WME and I they like they purchased the the UFC like they negotiated with the UFC for a while. Like it wasn't like this with Zufa for a while. This didn't happen overnight. And they looked at potentially how big the sport had become, but they really didn't do a deep dive into saying. Connor and Ronda are the two that are really propping this up. And if one of them falls, we're in trouble. Ronda fell. Connor's doing what Connor does. The Diaz seems, both brothers seem completely satisfied waiting to do something else. Like Nate's applying for his boxing license in Vegas. Um, so what do you have? Like who, what, do any of these pay-per-views exceed 300,000 buys? Without Connor, without John Jones, without the Diaz brothers, uh, without Ronda Rousey, three hundred is low. Maybe four to five. I mean, three hundred is low, but look at the history. Look at UFC cards that didn't have Connor, Ronda, the Diaz brothers. Like, and and look at the frequency that the UFC puts out cards because that always hurts their selling power. Yeah. Because when you have to buy something and then three weeks later got to buy another one, you tend to get jaded a little bit. It's not special anymore. So, like. I, a little birdie has told me that the UFC is going to cut back on pay-per-views in a major way and put a lot more shit on Fox. So, which is a great idea because, and that, and like the, the when they aired, what was that? Um, two Oh six on Christmas Eve, that was a trial run to see how many people would watch UFC on free television on a holiday weekend. And it did crazy numbers. Exactly. So the smart thing to do moving forward is to put a lot more stuff on free television. Because pay-per-view is just, like, the Holly Holm, uh, that, yo. That's that a free, that's, that's FS1. It's a shit fight, but. It's an it's FS1 people, card. Like, yo, J- completely. Jermaine has never beat anybody that has won a fight in the UFC. And she's getting a title fight. Holly's lost two in a row. So. And, Amanda, and, Amanda might mess around and just come up and take both belts. You know what this was, right? You know this was, you know, I said it before, you, you said it. This was this was the vehicle to be, make Ronda Rousey a two division champion, it was. and it blew up in their face. <laughs> and it 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 could have all been so simple, but once again, shit happens. Just like with Conor, right? We saw it exactly last year, and we were just like, "Oh, okay." And then Nate Diaz said, "Up, oh, hold on, yeah, I'm here okay. to fuck shit up." And the same thing happened with Ronda. So it's just like now we're stuck. So and, and, the biggest and, fu would have been we're creating this for cyborg and then Ronda to win the belt, retire and then never fight. Like that would have been that was the plan in Dana White's head where he's just sitting back and laughing and and doing Birdman hand rubs, but it yeah. never got there. So now you can't keep cyborg away forever. She has a precedent of fighting in the UFC now, and now she has a division. You're gonna end up with cyborg as your champion. I mean, and she's gonna give you the finger. And well, crazy well, enough, she damn near might be the second, third biggest star in the UFC when she comes back. She could be. She could be. But, but, here, but again, this is why I, when I go back and talk about the UFC has done a horrible job of building stars, 
they dropped the ball with Amanda Nunez. Completely dropped it. Oh, no. you, I don't know. It's, well, this is what this is what, what for this is why corporate white America to push a Latin English second language lesbian. She's your champion, though. Oh, I'm just saying, like, oh, really? We just saw I everyone mean, vote for Trump. Really? Mm-hmm. You're gonna push a barely English speaking lesbian? Not like femme lesbian. She's like the butch of the group. That I. I it was sad because Amanda has a ton of personality. She's great. She's funny, um, very engaging. She speaks her mind when it's time. They were never going to push her. But, but, what, but what I'm saying is she's your champion. She is sitting on top of your, the organization right now. And as a woman who, who beat the shit out of Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey, and now she's calling for a fight as a featherweight. And people are like, well, she's not big enough. Well, the UFC has to do something about that. Because you don't have to push her to white America. There's no right? one else in the division. What, what, but, she's not big enough. She's, she's big enough. Well, yeah, All these women little, are fighting on 135 anyway. She's fighting I mean, 135 pounders. You know, like Kat Zingano will probably move up to 145. But the reality of it is, is that Amanda Nunez needs to be marketed towards that spectrum. Like, dude, you have a gay champion. You need to push a gay champion. Oh, that'd be like, huge. But, that, but this is what I'm saying where the UFC fucks up. The UFC has know. opportunity with Amanda Nunez. And they put so much into the promotion of Ronda Rousey coming back, which was smart because she was a star. But you did nothing for Amanda Nunez. And if Amanda – like you, you didn't say, well, if Amanda wins, we need to have – we need to hedge our bets here. If she wins, we need to be prepared to push her. And she won and it's like, eh. Let's be real. The UFC president spoke where? At the Trump rally. At the Trump rally. Business I, is I business. Have, I have no belief that he knows how to market minorities. What, but I have dude, no John Jones. Does he know how to market him? Well, John no. Jones. John, John Jones does it to himself. He's regardless. John, before John, before John Jones was doing blow. I mean, he's always been doing blow. Before he was caught doing blow and you know running strippers into fucking trees and shit. They couldn't market John Jones. They can't market Demetrius Johnson. They no, but that's Conor what I'm McGregor marketed himself. That, they can't market minorities. That's what, like, look, look, and I, I'm, I'll put it into, I'll go into white America. Luke Rockhold should be a superstar he really before should. he got knocked out by Mike Bisping. He really this should. isn't, this has nothing to do with the, you know, them just putting, pushing, you know, white champions or what have you. This is the UFC not knowing how to get out of its own way and promote people ahead of the organization. They but don't. They, they push the Paige Van Zandt's. They push, they push the, of course they push Paige Van Zandt. Um, you know, Super Sage Northcut. They they push some people. No, they put dude, dude, don't get me wrong. They know how to push them, but they don't understand how to get out of their own way and let things organically happen or, you know, make it look like things are organically happening. Because Amanda Nunez, she's not a superstar. She'll never be a superstar, but she needs to be a star who is meaningful to your buying audience when she fights. She did a hell of a job with the lion mask and the show. She she played it up. She did her yeah. part. It's right? just, you know, like, like, you, you, like Amanda, Amanda Nunez should be, look, Amanda Nunez should be cage side for home and, uh, and Jermaine's fight. She probably she should be. be. Ca- like, she should be cage side calling them out. You should give her that freedom to do this. You should be pushing Amanda Nunez to do interviews where she talks about she's going to do what Conor McGregor does and defend both titles. I'm going to one up Conor McGregor. Like, you, you got to play it smart and the UFC don't play it smart. Amanda's just going to sit on the sidelines until the next fight. 
I'm not sure if that's who they want the face of their women's brand to be. Well, you can't help it if she's beating everybody's ass. No, you can't, but you can quiet it. You can shh. You can do the Amanda Nunez shh and hope for her to lose eventually. Here's my my belief is like, you know. But they don't have anyone. They don't have any straight-laced, you know, cookie-cutter, ready-for-network-television fighter coming up in the women's division. So they're SOL. Well, further than that, they didn't even push Holly Holm when she beat Ronda Rousey. We didn't see Holly Holm do much of anything. Oh, they tried originally. Misha Tate got one hell of a push. Misha has the look. But but what I'm saying is, like, all right, you want to make money. Like, here, here's my, my idea. If Ronda Rousey's going to fight again, you know who Ronda Rousey fights next? Juliana Pena. Oh, the yeah, because you want to create a, Yeah, you want to create another star. <laughs> yeah, like, but not even, not even but that. It's, Pena has to be, what, Shlevchenko or... Yes, yes, Shevchenko. Shevchenko. And, and, but the thing about Juliana is she's, she's a strong girl. She's big. Um, she's not a very good striker. She's perfect for Ronda Rousey. What if and, she ground and pounds the shit out of Ronda? I mean, dude. <laughs> like, this, like, at this my, my, point, like, what can you do? I think uh, right now, you know, I have no idea where Ronda Rousey's mind stayed at. But it's clear that she can't beat a striker. Ju- Juliana Pena's not a striker. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that fight goes. But there's a lot of intrigue because Juliana Payne has been calling out Ronda Rousey. Like, if you're the UFC, you got to look at these things and make fights happen that make sense that are, are organically being made. Well, like you, Juliana, you have to hope Payne wins her next fight, gets a shot at the title, becomes champion, and throw Ronda right back into the championship picture. Like, like dude, <laughs> it doesn't even matter if Payne wins or loses because you have to play it smart. Like, boxing doesn't rely on championships. It relies on other people, like guys who don't even like who won, who's the, who's the champion in the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. Nobody knew. No, I mean Canelo. Shit, for all purposes, Canelo hasn't defended a belt in years, right? That's what I'm saying. Like you years. just gotta be. I, he doesn't have a weight class. <laughs> like you have to figure out what you want to be. And with the WMEIMG purposes, which WME is an entertainment company, I figure going going all the way back to this Tony Ferguson Khabib fight, they made an interim title so they can make a five round fight so hardcore fans can get their money's worth. That's that's really all it is. But it waters down the concept of an interim title because why are you doing an interim title? Connor's going to fight again. He's a lightweight champion. He only has one belt. That's it, and he just defended it. He hasn't even been out a year. That used to be the stipulation for an interim. Out one year. The guy's been out three months. Exactly. It makes no damn sense. And we talked about this way too long. Wait. Uh, uh, Tito Ortiz versus Chael Sonnen. Do you care who's winning? No, I don't care. Um, I'm going to pick Chael Sonnen to win, but I do. Like, I will watch. Dude, there are 17 fights on that Bellator card. Oh, I'm not watching all. Wait, are any of the young whippersnappers fighting? I don't even remember. This okay. media well, day if, out here. Yeah, if, it's media day out here in, uh, in California for that because um, the fight's at the forum. But, uh, well, Yo, if, I haven't paid yeah, if one of the Fab Five are fighting, uh, I'll catch it. Just their fight, I, though. Yeah, I don't think they are. But anyway. Yeah, if they're not, then nah. Just, I'll catch the main event. Is it on free TV? Yeah. Spike? Uh, believe, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, you know, I'll watch it. Why not? Um, That's pretty much it for UFC because we went crazy long on this segment. Let's take a quick break. Another word from our sponsors. We're going to come back, talk wrestling real quick. And that's about it for this week's show. I know it's a sad, sad, sad fact. It's coming to an end. So stay tuned. <laughs> All right, everybody. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like 
floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the great north. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk free. Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping. And Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you are satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards a Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep, and these things are for real. Shout out to the sponsors once again. We're talking wrestling to end the show today. And I actually enjoyed last weekend for wrestling because we had the UK Championship Tournament, something I was not sure about. I, I went into it with a... Open eyes, though, because I was like, you know what? For the first time, I'm watching wrestlers who I don't really know much about. I don't know their backgrounds. I've seen a couple matches. I don't know what to expect out of this. Let's see if they can build fresh stars. I, I want to know who these guys are. And they did an amazing job in two days. They really did. Um, that The UK tournament was entertaining. People are saying, oh, it's better than Cruiserweight Classic. No, stop. Stop with your hot takes. It was uh, good. It was two days. Yeah, so it was rough, but. I mean, but it was it was good. It was entertaining. I enjoyed um, the talent. You know, I, I'm familiar with Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne before, heading into it. So I, I knew their work was going to be great. And they ended up having a great match. Um, Tyler Bate, I had no idea who this kid was. Um, and he looked great. Uh, and I think, uh, I, I mean. I like the comparison I, of Bob Backlund with a mustache. Yeah, I mean, Shout very much so. said that. <laughs> yeah, like white meat, uh, you know, vanilla baby face um, is what Tyler Bate is. 19-year-old kid, man. He's a strong fucking kid. He can go um, for 19 years old, though. Yeah, he, I mean, he's good. Um, you know, we got to see Tommy N debut um, against uh, Neville. Uh, even Which, though he lost, it was funny because, like, he lost and it's like they're changing his name anyway. So this character doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, so, I mean, this character can take the L. The L, but uh, the Alistair... I forgot his last name. That character just looks amazing. Alistair well, yeah. Black. And just the the photos, and I know they're going to give him like the dopest music. And if people haven't seen Tommy End, he's ready-made for NXT and WWE. Because as good as he is as a wrestler in the ring, he is so much better talking and outside of the ring. Yeah, I mean, Tommy End, it's, it's sad because we're not going to hear the Tommy, Tommy, Tommy fucking End chants anymore. But... Uh, <laughs> Yo, like, I mean, I know you're not big on Chris Hero or Cassius Ono, but Tommy Ann and, and Hero as a tag team, oh, my God. They just beat the shit out of people. And it's like, I hope but I just that saw they him, run into each other. I think I just looked up. Didn't they have, like, a swerve where they broke up? Mm-hmm. And uh, their feud, like, I saw a couple matches. It was so dope. And it's Tommy really Ann had, like, uh, custom shirts. It's like a... No more hero or something on his shirt. This shit would look so dope. Yeah, I mean, dude, they've the the WWE's done the right thing uh, with Tommy End, and yeah, he's he's a guy. Like when we talked about last week about you need to put people there so Nakamura can leave. Because let's be honest, NXT is like it's not must watch TV on Wednesday anymore. We watch it because we're kind of obligated to, but nobody's running home to watch NXT like they used to. No, this so, is the dead period for NXT. It's the first dead period ever. 
Yeah, so it's like when you bring in guys like Tommy in, there's your opportunity to build another star. Yeah. There's like there's the guy that could eventually go over on Nakamura and then push Nakamura to the main roster Definitely. if him, they push him right. Yeah, no, I, I him, I mean, I, I personally don't care for Chris Hero, but there's enough people that do that I'm not stupid, and that guy could be the face of a company. Yeah, I mean, Hero is, oh, Cassius Ono, which we're just going to have to start calling him now. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his, his work what he does is he elevates other people like you got to have those type of guys like that's what ty dillinger did for so long he made other people look good hero a hero nakamura match is going to make nakamura's strong style really truly come to fruition like we, we we've kind of seen it but like those two striking each other is going to be something ridiculous yeah um but so, tommy end is a great addition like you said absolutely. um if they can get ricochet if they can get maybe two more pieces, um, I think they, I, I, Kyle I mean, O'Reilly I, is rumored they, to be coming. Whatever, yeah, I think they're gonna get Kyle, and and if they get Kyle, that's two hundred five um, more so than anything, right? I think Kyle's NXT. I mean, after Kyle, NXT run, but they they position him to be two hundred five. Uh, maybe Austin um, Aries esque. Yeah, the thing about Kyle is just it's really how they build this character if they bring him in. Um, that's all. Because the ring work is there. The work is there. It's just what do you do with the character? And Kyle's character in the indies has just been a guy who's incorporates an MMA style into his matches. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think about the who – is, who stood out? UK Championship Tournament. Let's start there. Pete Dunne. Um, Pete Dunne, right? He was amazing. And they built a narrative. That's, where, that's the only part that was better in the CWC is that they built a story in two mm-hmm. days. And he's a legit heel. They, if you never knew who Pete Dunne was, you stepped in, you'd be like, yo, this guy's the biggest heel right now. Yeah, like Pete Dunne, I, I, I figured between him and Mark Andrews would make the biggest splash. Like Mark Andrews is destined for 205. The kid weighs 160 fucking pounds. Yeah. Um, Dunne, on the other hand, there's so much that you can do with Pete Dunne. If he's you so much more anything. than 205 Live. Even yeah, like, your weight and all, I don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like he's he was ready. Like I watched him on the indie circuit, and I've seen some Rev Pro and Progress matches with him. Like he's he's ready. He, I mean, and he, he was so impressive in that tournament. And uh, and I'll say it again. I said in the group chat, if anybody, um, Tyler Bates' music is a karaoke version of Peter Gabriel's Sludge Hammer. Go look it up. That's all. <laughs> and only you pull this out of thin air. Um, let's talk about Raw real quick. Real quick run through with Raw um, six man tag match. They built it in the beginning. Lesnar came out and crushed everyone. And then him and Strowman kind of had to stare down, which I wouldn't mind to see that feud. Um, Strowman's really impressed me, though. So I don't. He has. Yeah. Um, he feels comfortable in that top guy slot. Like, you know, just top tier competing with those guys. He, he's not out of place. Strowman has done a great job with that. Um, but yeah, six man tag. They're building it around. Are you into it? Is it making you hype for Rumble? No. No, no. Just, Raw's Raw's right now an inferior brand with oh, a bunch of story, like the, with a bunch of their worst brand, right? Yeah, it, it's a brand where you you they're just kind of spinning their wheels until they really kick in the WrestleMania season. Yeah. Um, nothing feels really meaningful. No. Um, even even you know uh, Gallows and Anderson fake winning the tag titles, which which felt weird because like how do you strangely book heels? To false win titles. That's usually a face move. That's yeah, like a right. Dusty face. Like, what the fuck was that? I was confused by that. I was like, what? The heels are getting screwed over? Like, that never happens. No, um, it didn't make any sense. None. 
But maybe they're just trying to prolong it. If they now, if they don't win the titles at the end, it makes no sense because it's something you do with faces. They they come up short so many times, then they win. Like with yeah. heels, like they have to win still, right? Like that's the way the narrative goes when you do these things. The only thing that I like, and you don't need Raw to do it for you, is the fact that I re- still have no idea who's winning the Royal Rumble. And that's that's the best feeling I've ever had going into a Royal Rumble in like eight years. And I like the Royal I, Rumble regardless. Because I like yeah. to see the surprise entrance and who comes out when. So this but year you, it's just a little cherry on top that I don't know who's going to win. Yeah, like think about it. Like last year it was like, all right, you see the Triple H or Roman Reigns. And like the year before that. And, you know, it's like every year you kind of knew who was going to win. Like, you at least knew the Final Four. This year, you don't have a clue. I don't and even know who's going to be in this shit. So it's, it's like partially because you have Lesnar, Goldberg, Undertaker, AJ Styles. Is he in the Royal Rumble? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, you got guys like Sam. You got Kevin Owens. You got Chris Jericho in there. Like, you have so many ways that you can go. Um, you have the possibility of Finn Balor, who would, would be, to me, the odds-on favorite to win if he comes in. But you you don't know. Could Undertaker win the Royal Rumble? That's what's Could it so crazy. Could it be because it's everyone are like these veteran monsters, right? That you're promoting. And if a Finn Balor surprise debut comes in, you're gonna pick the 180 pound guy to win. Yes. When when the <laughs> objective is to throw people over the top rope, you're yeah, picking the smallest guy to win. And it's true though. Like it's it it just highlights how much things have changed. Yeah, so I mean, I'm looking forward to the Rumble itself. Just Raw hasn't done anything for me. The best thing that was on Raw this week was the announcement that Kurt Angle is going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, guilty pleasure. I'm really liking the cruiserweights right now. Um, I mean, Neville's Neville's what they needed. Neville is great versus Rich Swan. We saw a side of Rich Swan, which was a little bit, you know, angry and vindictive, which I like. Um, I, I think they're actually doing a good job with this. I hate Alicia Fox. And I mean her role, like her character is horrible. Yes. But yes. I like what they're doing with the Cedric Alexander part of it. And the Noam Dar, they play so well against each other. Yeah. Um, Noam Dar, he's a different type of heel. He's like that slick talking. Like I, I like it. You can insert any woman into that role and I would have liked it. Um, so I really like that storyline and the fact that they have a storyline. And then, of course, Jack Gallagher. Of course, Which yeah. is a great storyline. Um, so they have three real narratives going on, and I have to applaud Triple H for giving them 205 Live. Because in even an hour, they were able to go from, okay, we're just having random tag matches with cruiserweights every week. Because that's what we had a month ago. Two mm-hmm. months ago. Just, yo, let's just throw random tag matches in here and then have a pay-per-view between two of the tag team combatants. And now it's just like, no, we have legit stories being told. Not one, three. Plus random matches, though. Yeah, and it's well, like, you know, 205 Live, kudos. That's why Raw is the worst brand right now. Because NXT, even in a low, is better than 205. I mean, it's better than Raw. 205 Live is better than Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So, yeah, Raw, in, in a nutshell, I, you know, like I watched it last night um, and I fell asleep. Because um, I was just <laughs> like, this is boring. Like, I was just, I, it was just, Oh, it's overly long still, and it just didn't do anything for me. SmackDown, yeah. on the other hand, much brisker watch, and I felt like there was a lot more meaning to what we saw on SmackDown. Yeah, they um, put they have as many storylines as Raw, if not more, and it plays out so much better. And it's an hour less of a show. Yeah. So, and, and we had we had several 
meaningful angles. We had the announcement of the Elimination Chamber being in February, on February 12th. Um, it almost negates the fact that who cares who wins at the Royal Rumble because they're both going to be in the Elimination Chamber, which Correct. that's what I didn't like about the announcement. So but, I think Styles wins just because, and then they're in the Elimination Chamber, and someone beats him to take the belt into Mania, which is, also, so which is also why I believe the winner of the Royal Rumble will now be from Raw and not SmackDown. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, but the announcement of the chamber, having Miz and Styles get, get into it, having Dolph Ziggler threaten to kill Jerry the King Lawler. Um, that was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler in full like garb again. I was like, oh, man. The That's only thing I don't like about this. Yo, JBL like, busts his ass. Hold on. We can't skate. skate oh, yeah. You see yeah. And Otunga <laughs> called him out for it and got made to look like a douchebag, too. It was so funny. Otunga's <laughs> terrible. He's so terrible. Oh, he he's called horrible. Jerry, but JBL was just like, oh, I was trying to help my friend. And I was just like, oh, well, Otunga, you like a fucking idiot. But, well, um, well, Otunga has to have pictures of somebody. The, yeah, there's well, some, I don't know how he has that job. He Jennifer Hudson some, made the call. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, like SmackDown, it just felt like, you know, seeing Mickey James, as the, I, I had no idea. Like, I completely forgot Mickey James was going to be on SmackDown. Um, <laughs> as a lot of Luchador to help Alexa Bliss beat Becky Lynch in that cage match. Um, it just feels like the narratives have a lot more meat to them. And, and, they, and they're, they're more important um, and they're fun to watch. So it's like I enjoy SmackDown better as a brand right now. And I have for quite some time. So, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, outside the couple of weeks where Sasha and um, Sasha and Charlotte were carrying Raw, like backpacking Raw and putting on amazing matches. Once that died down, it was like, oh, Raw sucks again. Yep. And, it, and it's, it's a shame because, I mean, you got Rollins, but you feel like Rollins is like, what is he doing? Who is he really feuding There's with right now? nothing meaningful with Rollins. And then they just, Roman Reigns did nothing with his title, the United States Championship. So they took off and gave it to Jericho. Now Jericho's doing nothing with it. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it didn't enhance it, anyone. They're not in a feud for it. They're not defending it. Nothing that, has. <laughs> it's horrible. No, Enzo and Kaz, like their feud with Rusev and Jinder Mahal. It's hollow. Yo, Jinder Mahal, what the hell happened to him? He needs to be tested. <laughs> like, on the real, though, like he just came out looking like Goldberg. Yeah, he's huge. And like Rusev being the most underutilized talent, um, him and Sami Zayn are like two guys that just, at least Zayn has something to do. I'm so glad was, Zayn, is, Zayn is in this main event picture. At least, right? Like it's a meaningful feud. He's a top a, guy. Yeah, but it, ultimately, Ross kind of stinks and is treading water, and SmackDown's the reason why I watch WWE right now. Yeah, um, best thing they've done is build Strom, Strowman on Raw. Yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, that's it, but that's actually about it for wrestling. Um, until next week when we preview Royal Rumble and shit gets real. So yeah. that's next week's going to be great. We're going to have NXT preview, Royal Rumble. I feel like NXT has had this quietly slow build, and that pay-per-view is going to steal the weekend again. Um, so next week, tons of stuff to talk about boxing, UFC, a little bit of everything next week, but for now we got to wrap up the show. You guys can follow us on social media at the corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby on everything. Let's see if Andreas wants to share this week. Nope. Figure it out. (laughs) You guys know where to find him until next week though. We're out. Peace. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. 
Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.